the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. God sent his only son, his sinless son, to die on Calvary's cross for you and me. Because of Jesus' sacrificial death, the gift of eternal life is available to anyone who chooses to receive it. Without the shed blood of Jesus, there would be no redemption for our sins. The Bible tells us that there is no salvation in any other. Without his selfless sacrifice, we would have no hope and no victory. Praise God for the gift of salvation and everlasting life. Listen in with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. How was he wounded? So just write that little subtopic down with a little question mark. How was Jesus wounded? Number one, in Matthew chapter 26, verse 59 through 60, the scripture says uh, they lied on Jesus. <laughs> they lied on Jesus. Uh, you know, I said I wasn't going to turn there, but I got to turn there. Uh, they, they lied on Jesus. Uh, turn, turn to Matthew 26. Hey, we got to. I'm sorry. We just got to. It's just too good not to do Because you need to see this. Because how many of y'all been lied on? Y'all been lied on? How does it feel to be lied on? Kind of bad, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I know it does. All these... these and sometimes it ain't lie. Sometimes some folks tell the truth. <laughs> 26, 59 through 60. Are y'all there? And look what they did to Jesus. Now the chief priests, the elders, and all the council sought false testimonies against Jesus to put him to death. Lied to put, him in, to put the man to death. Look, but found no, look, but found none. No what? They couldn't find nothing on him. Even though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. But at last, two false witnesses came forward. In other words, they found no false, no one to find the witnesses. They could find no witnesses that could substantiate uh, lies or propagate lies against Jesus. Then two came forward and actually conjured up some lies on the Lord. Uh, Matthew twenty-seven thirty, they spat on him. Uh oh, they spat on him. Look at 2730. Matthew 2730. Look what it says. You see that? Matthew 2738. They spat on him. Now, uh, have, 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 have anybody have anybody ever spit on you? We got one, one or two hands. One, okay, okay, one, that's a few hands. Okay. Just for a moment. Uh, just look at your neighbor, whoever they are, and, and, and ask them, what would what would you do if somebody spat on you? Just go on, go on, go on. Just go on. I mean, you're in the house. Come on, tell the truth. Come on, go on, go on. Go on. It's an exercise. What, what will you do? <laughs> I want you to mingle. Oh, God. Oh, my. I wish I could hear the answers out there. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? 
Yeah, you can't even take that. You can't look at you. Ah, and you know what they did? And they and, and and from more than one person, they spat and spat and spat and spat. His whole face was drooling, drooling with saliva. Saliva. And he didn't spit on them back. And he didn't slap them. And he didn't cuss them out. And he didn't kill them. <laughs> How was he wounded? Number three, uh, uh, Matthew 27, 30b says, they hit him in the head. They hit him in the head. Uh, Matthew 27, 30b. They hit him in the head. Somebody hit you in the head. You know how, we don't have to repeat this exercise, but, but it will be the same response, whatever the spit was. It'll be the same thing. They hit him in the head, that sacred head. Number four, in John 19.1, I love what, just jot this one down. In, in John 19.1, in the New Living Translation, it says, Pilate had Jesus flogged with a lead tip whip. Flogged. Pilate had Jesus flogged with a, I like what the New Living Translation says, with a, with a lead, look, flogged with, with a lead tip whip. Flogged. That meant every time they hit across his back and when they pulled it up, it pulled with it flush out of his back. You saw a good picture of that with the passion of the Christ. That just t- took flesh out. He was wounded for me. You see, number five, uh, in Matthew 27, 29, Matthew 27, 29, it says they mocked his kingship with a crown of thorns. They mocked his kingship with a crown of thorns in Matthew 27, 29. It says when they had twisted, look what it did. They twisted a crown of thorns. And these are not the little thorns. See, I've been over in Israel. My wife and I have been uh, three or four times. And we've been over there. And they're not like those little thorns on a little rose bush. I mean, those boogers they're like this. They are long and they are pointed and they are, they are sharp. And can you imagine, I mean, for the person to plait that thing, can you imagine what it did to their hands trying to plait something to be put? And then when they put it on his head, they didn't just let it lay down lightly on the top, you see. They put it on his head and they, whoo, gushed it down and blood flowed out of all of those lacerations down into the locks of his shoulder. You know, I, I can't stand get a road, get, I did a road bush in the yard the other day, a rose bush, and it just stuck me, and I'm hollering, ouch. And a lot of y'all can't take one little needle to draw blood. Can you imagine this kind of thing? Look, and when the scripture says in Matthew 27, 29, when they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They mocked his kingship. Number six, John chapter 19, verses 17 through 18. It says they hung him on an old rugged cross. John 19, 17 through 18 says they hung him on an old rugged cross. It says in that passage, and he bearing his cross went out to a place of skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the what? In the center. 
They hung him on an old rugged cross. Number seven, in John 19, 34, it says, they pierced him in his side. They pierced him. Uh, John 19, 34, you're in the same chapter, go down to the 34th verse, it says, but one of the soldiers pierced his side, pierced, look, pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. Wow. That's how he was wounded. We said why he was wounded, how he was wounded. Now, was Jesus wounded? Have you been wounded? Huh? Now you're even scared to say yes because yours don't compare to his. You see? So that was a weak yes and rightfully so. How must we who have been wounded respond to our wounds? This is big. This is, the, this is huge. Number one, this ending is huge. These, these several points, you want to get this as I close. Number one, first, we must ask ourselves, do we want to be made whole? You know, I've come, I, I've come to believe that some folk don't want to be healed. In John, the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 5, verses 5 and 6, Gospel of John, chapter 5, verses 5 and 6, it says, And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years, when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now, been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Jesus said, Will thou be made whole? And that's the question I ask you today, those of you who are hurting, those of you who've been abused, those of you who've been humiliated, those of you who've been betrayed, embarrassed, left out, overlooked, do you want to be made whole? Number two, how do we respond to our wounds? When the Lord heals your wounds, be willing to share with others who are wounded so that they too can be healed. All of us raised our hands that at one point in time, we've been wounded. So, So once God heals you, what does he want you to do? He wants you to share those wounds with others that God is going to bring in your path. Look at Luke chapter 24, verses 38 through 40. Share your experience so that others can, and, and when you're healed, share how God brought you out and how God healed you. Luke 24, 38 through 40. Luke 24, 38 through 40, it says, and he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold, look what he says. He said, now, the disciples, they were troubled. They, they, they were down. They were depressed. They were despondent. And Jesus said, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And listen, those disciples were wounded. They were down. They were distraught. And Jesus encouraged them by coming back to them and showing, him, showing them the prints in his hand and the, and the scars uh, in his body. Listen, thirdly, we must, how do we, how do we respond when wounded? We must forgive the very ones who hurt us in order to heal, experience freedom, and move on with our lives. If you are not able to forgive 
you're going to be stuck. You're going to be miserable. You're going to be in regression. You're going to be sick. You're going to be depressed. And all kinds of psychological and emotional problems are going to be a byproduct of your inability to forgive. You got to be able to forgive the very one who hurt you and move on with your life. Everybody under my voice, turn to Luke 23, 34. Luke 23, 34. Luke chapter 23, 34. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. In other words, here Jesus, wounded by his own creation, put himself in the hands of sinners. He is on the cross. And his first words from the cross was not, Father, strike him down. He didn't ask for a legion of angels to come and set him free and wipe out all of those who did him wrong. He said instead, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If you're going to heal, you got you to gotta forgive in order to experience freedom and then move on with your lives. Number four, a sign of genuine forgiveness is a willingness to help the very one who hurt you the most. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's an awesome thought. And some of you will get choked on that because that's a true sign that you've forgiven. A sign of, of genuine forgiveness is a willingness to help the very one who hurt you the most. You have nothing to gain by returning evil for evil. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 12, 19, vengeance is mine, I will repay. If you try to get the person back, you put yourself in the place of God. And you are not God. God can do far more to that person than you could ever do with your little puny self. So instead of you trying to be the judge, instead of you trying to be God, why don't you surrender the person to God and you have peace with God in yourself and then help the very one who's done you in? That's what Jesus did on that cross. You say, I can't do that. Yes, you can when you let God have you. When you surrender to God, your will, your way, your attitude. No, in your flesh, you can't do it, but in the Holy Spirit's power, you can. The scripture says, I can do what? All things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. You see, that's not there by accident. Number five, as we make our journey through life, there's no way that you can serve people without being wounded. Did you hear what I just said? As you make your journey in life, there is no way you can serve people without being wounded. Turn to John 13, 5. John 13, 5. As you make your journey through life, there is no way that you can serve people without being what? Wounded. The gospel of John 13, 5, it says, John 13, 5 says, after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. In other words, Jesus took a towel and began to wash each one of the disciples' dirty feet. Sandals, rose, dusty, dirt on the feet. Jesus being God in flesh takes that towel from around his waist and he goes and wash each of his disciples' feet. And you know, one of those disciples was Judas. You know that? And Judas later betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver, and Jesus ended up being put to death 
from the very one he had done so much. Look, Jesus was, Judas was with Jesus, slept with Jesus, ate with Jesus, heard the teachings of Jesus. He was on that boat in the storm with Jesus. He, he, all of these experiences, and then he goes out, one of the 12, and he hurts him. Let me tell you, you said, well, I won't do this. I'm not going to put myself in that position. Listen, you can't help anybody until you are willing to put yourself at risk. I ain't going to help. Now, I ain't gonna do well, you lose. You lose. I ain't going to help. They're not going to do that to me no more. Uh-uh. I ain't nobody's fool. You lose. You lose. Judas was a devil. And you can't minister to people, reach out to people, give them money, give them your time, give them a ride, uh, make sacrifices, pour your life in it. It could be your child. It could be your husband or your wife. It could be your sister or your brother. It could be another church member. Listen, I can talk about, I've been ministering, my wife and I, in this town for almost 23 years. And I'll be pastoring in this church uh, next Sunday. We have a celebration with 19 years. You think pastoring all these folk, it's been sweetie pie sweet. Come on now, get off of it. Listen, you can't minister to people and not get hurt and not be bruised. And I, that comes with the package. Somebody said once, I, I, would love, I would love to be in ministry if it just weren't for the people. <laughs> that sums it up, doesn't it? If you don't love people, and if you don't have a tender heart and tough skin, the ministry is not for you. Because folk can be quite rowdy, quite ungrateful, and quite insensitive, even in your own family. Even in your own family, even in your church, even on your job, the folk you hire, the, the, or the folk you do things for, putting yourself out there on a limb, and they come back and stab you in the back or hurt you, mess up your name, lie on you, and on and on it goes. You say, well, why me? The question is, why not? Why not you? Why not you? You see? Uh, then next, number six. Even though wounded, be mindful that God is working out his plan for your life far more than you can comprehend at the moment. Even though wounded, be mindful that God is working out a pl his plan for your life far more than you can comprehend at the moment. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you. Declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. You say, well, God, why do, why do you allow this to happen to me? Why am I, why, 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 why am I in this thing? Why, why am I beat up? And God is saying, listen, just wait on me. The last chapter of your life is not written yet. I'm trying to get you somewhere. Will you be patient with me? Like that was, be patient because God is not through with me what? Yet. God is trying. Listen, he has hope for you, a future for you, a plan for you, to prosper you. He's trying to get you somewhere that you can't even imagine. And he can't get you to where he wants you to be always feeling good. 
always having things the way you want it. Sometimes he has to mess up your schedule. Sometimes he allows the unpleasantries to intrude in your life in order to to put some backbone on you. Amen. (laughs) To strengthen you, to, to, to prepare you for greatness in the kingdom of God. Number seven, listen, here's what you do with your wounds. Give your wounds to Jesus. That's what you do. That's how you respond. All of us who have been wounded, give them to Jesus. Luke 4, 18. Luke 4, 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. Listen, to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. You know the brokenhearted are? Those who are wounded. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed by your wounds. God wants to set you free. Those of you who are brokenhearted, God wants to set you free. Give your wounds to Jesus. Give them to Jesus. Number eight, looking at the cross is the greatest medicine for our wounds. Looking at the cross is the greatest, what? Is the greatest medicine for our wounds. Hebrews 4.15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. You say, God, you don't understand what happened to me. You don't know what that person, that person stole my car. That person broke in my home. That person did whatever. Jesus said, don't you tell me what I don't know. I'm God. I'm the all-wise God. Because you got to realize no one under my voice has gone through what Jesus has gone through. For crucifixion was the worst, cruelest, excruciating, degrading form of execution ever devised by man. That's the most wicked way, uh, the most fiendish way that a person could die. That's a purposely designed, slow, agonizing, excruciating death so you won't die quickly so that you can feel every bit of that death. Now, that's wicked, you all. And none of us in here have been wounded to that degree. And Jesus said, I understand where you are. They put me to death, and I was perfect. You're not perfect, and you're not God. But if you got God in you, he's God enough to help you through what you're going through. And finally, but not the least, in spite of the wounds, Jesus pressed on and finished his divine assignment from God the Father. In spite of the wounds, Jesus what? Pressed on and finished his divine assignment from the Father. Final scripture, John 19, 30. It says, so when Jesus had received the, the sour wine. He said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit and died. Now, you know what? <laughs> Some of you all, when you get wounded by somebody in the church, you want to stop serving in ministry. You want to get out the choir, get off, get off the audio ministry. Or you get wounded at home or somewhere else. The first thing you do, well, I don't feel like going to church today. Uh, I, I mean, the first thing you do is get away from the church and allow all your little flighty, whimsical excuses to keep you from the word of God, the people of God, so that you can have help for your wounded soul. If ever you needed the church, 
it's when you're going through trials. If ever you need the church, it's when you're suffering unjustly. If ever you need the, the church, it's when you've been hurt beyond your ability to comprehend. Jesus Christ uh, said, not my will, but thy will be done. Went to the cross and died and said, Tetelestai is finished. But oh, God Almighty, after he died, he stayed there Friday night. He stayed there Saturday morning. Stayed there all day Saturday, but early Sunday morning. How many of you know it was early? Early Sunday morning. Jesus, my Savior, Jesus, my Deliverer, Jesus, my Emancipator, Jesus, my all in all, got up at the grave with what? How much power? How much power? All power is better than black power, better than white power, better than green money power, better than economic power. All power. He got up with all power and triumphed victoriously over the grave, sin, Satan, and death. He lives. He lives. How many of you know he lives? How many of you glad he lives? How many of you know that you know you know he lives? The reason I know he lives, he walks with me. He talks with me and tells me I'm his very own. Father, we thank you today for this message. And I know it spoke to many. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you heal the wounds of those who are hurting. As Pastor Rander concludes this series, let us respond to Jesus Christ's priceless sacrifice, freely given for our salvation, through never-ending praise, obedience to His Word, belief in His birth, burial and resurrection, thankfulness for our salvation, and remembering that the blood of Jesus will never lose its power. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas. Join us on Resurrection Sunday, April 17th at Maranatha Bible Church for our 8 a.m. worship service, children's program at 9.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. worship service as we celebrate our risen Savior. For more information, please visit us at maranathasa.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.